Let's go to work. As barbers, we cut hair and fade all day. This podcast goes beyond the barber's chair and is about the rest of our story. Positioning ourselves for success, avoiding costly mistakes, and continuing to grow and thrive as barbers for years to come. Join us as we look at the whole world of barbering and go beyond the barber's chair. The MGM uh, Casino Group made a lot of noise in the news. They had been hit with a ransomware and uh, they didn't want to pay it. They wanted to investigate it. They wound up losing about $100 million on it. And uh, you know, ransomware is one of those things that can hit big companies and they can also hit small guys. You know, like a shop or an individual barber, just depends on how cybersecurity is put together. There was a uh, story of, uh, I guess, about 10 years ago, an aquarium's thermometer was used to be able to break into the network. Uh, some of these uh, fish tanks have very sophisticated care systems and they operate on the network on through the internet. A hacker was able to get through through that. Kean Williams is a uh, cybersecurity expert. He travels the world teaching people about cybersecurity and helping companies put together plans of action and implementing them to protect them from ransomware or other kinds of hackers or any kind of other problems that can come up from the computer issues. He started out in the Army as a chemical weapons specialist and then worked in the communications security for the Army Reserve Command Headquarters. Since then, he has served in various IT and security positions for the Center for Disease Control. I had a chance to sit down with him for quite a bit and discuss cybersecurity and how we barbers can protect ourselves from the threats that are out there. I'm not going to try to summarize any of it. I'm just going to go straight to the interview. The thing you have to think about for a barbershop, either the shop owner who is renting space or the individual barbers who are paying the owner to rent space, is that at the end of the day, everybody's livelihood is at risk if they don't have good security tools in place. With both MGM and with Caesars, the start of the attack or the root cause of the attack, I think is a better way to say it, is phishing. So in one case, it was voice phishing where somebody called over the phone and pretended to be somebody else. In the other case, it was email phishing. So a message came in through email that pretended to be somebody rather than who they actually were. And the phishing variants, voice and email, allowed unauthorized access to the system. So you think about your average barber who does a great job, but has the ability, the freedom, the flexibility to run his entire business from his cell phone. Well, now your cell phone offering all that convenience is also the single point of failure. And if you can be hacked because somebody sent you a text message that has a malicious link or somebody calls you and pretends to be somebody else and you fall victim because you're holding the phone with your ear, while you're also holding clippers and scissors and mirrors and trying to be an octopus not paying attention or not having enough awareness about the message that comes in, the legitimacy of the message, all of that puts every individual barber at risk and requires cybersecurity at the end of the day. I would love to meet the barber that's making $1.2 billion per year, I think is what sees or $2.1 billion is the revenue that Caesars had in the second quarter from its properties. 
I look forward to hanging out with the barber that's making $2.1 billion, but the impact of that loss is also very significant because when you average out, you know, what is the expense of running MGM as a facility and all those employees and all those costs and all that overhead, an individual barber that loses $10,000 could be as meaningful to Caesars as $100 million was because at the end of the day, that's $10,000 that that barber doesn't have in his pocket to take care of his family. Yeah, I don't know any barber who uh, $10,000 would not be a significant impact. That's, uh, I mean, I'm not a barber. I run a regular company. But if I lost $10,000, I would not be happy about it. Oh, absolutely. Now, is there anything that can be done with these, these I guess, what are they, ransomware? Is there anything that can be done with that kind of stuff? In all cases, it's a combination of situational awareness the security controls that you have in place, and just having good practices. For example, how often do you pick up the phone when it looks like it's your bank that's calling you? And then they say they were calling to verify a wire transfer. We need you to confirm your account number and your routing number. If you didn't, if you don't regularly initiate wire transfers, nine times out of 10, that's fraud. Or if you get an email that looks like it's a bank. Because I run an IT company, and I look at the emails that end up in quarantine for all of my employees. Most of our fake email messages are one messages that tell them that they need to change their password. And then they put in their current username and their current password because they think that they have to change it. That's an easy way to give your credentials. Or a lot of my accounting people end up receiving messages about a wire transfer or an invoice that came in and you need to click on this link to verify it, have good accounting processes that say, if somebody's sending me money, even if it is through Venmo or Cash App, there's only one way that Venmo or Cash App are going to send you a notification that you got money or that you sent money. So ignore the fake things, become very familiar with what is legitimate. It's going to help you avoid becoming a victim and having your money stolen. Let me repeat back what I'm hearing back, hearing from you to see if I have a good grasp of, grasp of this. It sounds like someone is pretending to be the bank. They are sending you an email. It might have the bank's logo. Might, it might actually look legitimate. You have something at the bank.com. All, all the things are, their customer service number on that email might even be legitimate. But using that, they're, I guess they're trying to coerce into clicking on something and then you go into their, their little trap, I guess. Best way I know how to put it. One of the things that you have to consider about modern technology, whether it's an email message or just a picture that's sent to you, is that you can make anything look like anything. Like there's nothing that stops me from creating a website that looks like Bank of America. What causes my website to not be trusted as Bank of America is that Bank of America has a security certificate. And if you click on that little lock symbol on your internet browser, it's going to say that this website belongs to Bank of America, not to hackers.com. So it doesn't matter what the site looks like. What really matters is the ability of individuals, whether it's business owners who are barbers or just kids who are on the internet, all individuals should understand basic things about how do you verify the sender of the information and given that understanding, it allows you to say, hey, that's fake. I don't need to pay it any attention. I can delete it. Um, the other thing that becomes important is vocabulary. There are three specific types of phishing 
that all sound crazy, but they are evolutions of what started via email. So phishing is always going to be a fake message that's sent through email. The attacker is trying to cause the message to look legitimate. But when you click on the link or when you put in your information, it does something that's illegitimate that's going to cause you harm. Because so many people don't really use email anymore, they now have what is called vishing. So they took the PH out of phishing, replaced it with a V, and vishing is a scam that happens over the phone or voice email or voice internet protocol if you have an internet phone. I get all kinds of messages all throughout the day where people call me and pretend to be Microsoft and say, we detected an error on your computer. We need you to go to this website so you can give us control so we can fix it. Microsoft is not going to call me and help me out for free. They have too many customers. They don't care about me as an individual person. They don't even have my cell phone number. What I registered my Microsoft account was my company number, not my personal cell phone. And what the attackers are doing, whether it's vishing over the phone or smishing through SMS or text messages or farming that happens when they try to send you to a fake website, all of these approaches are really just efforts by the attacker in large volume to trick as many people as they possibly can. So it's billions of messages that go out per day, but 1% of a billion people is still a lot of people. Because the attackers, the criminals, the fraudsters are making money, the activity continues to be pervasive. They're not targeting any specific person in most of these cases. Even for MGM and Caesars, those were targeted attacks, but the technique is still going to be the same thing that they use when they're randomly just sending all the messages out to you. So, so yeah, as simple as clicking on a link in an email can expose the entire operation. Yeah, and I... That's it for today's episode of Beyond the Barber's Chair. I put links for my guests and for anything we discussed in the description. I hope you got something great and that it helps you as a barber and in life. If you like the podcast, I hope that you will tell a friend about it and subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming shows. I'll see you next time as we go beyond the barber's chair.